Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Chairman Podcast. Today we are doing a, how do I say, postmortem of <laughs> the recent FTX fallout. And we have with us Big Chief himself, Victor Semata. Thank you for joining us today and welcome. And of course, there is Chairman here as well. Here as always, um, to everybody's help. So over to you, um, Big Chief. How thank, thank, did Thanks for having me. You said, how am I? Yes, 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 yes. How are you doing? Like, like I said, I'm, I'm uh, much better than I, than I was doing last week. Last weekend was re really, really horrible weekend for me. I didn't know how to even explain it to my wife, but Gosh. luckily for me, she heard the news about FTX and she was not asking me, you know, are these, those the same guys you had uh, stuff with? I said, yes. Oh. So um, was it a lot? I said, yes, it was a lot. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> the woman was understanding, and I'm happy for that. I think yeah. that's the, I got a lesson from that that uh, no matter what happens, you still have your family. Right. So, yeah, it was crazy. I can only imagine, and I'm sure there are many uh, lessons that have been learned, uh, and it brings to the fore the concept of not your keys, not your coin. We hear it all the time. We hear that if you don't have your keys, if you don't have your coins in cold storage, that they don't belong to you. And it's a hard lesson that uh, everyone's had to learn. Uh, but in your case, um, will you now be moving what you have on other exchanges to cold storage? What is your plan of action now that FTX has happened? Do you know the stupid thing that happened to me? You know, I moved everything, every single thing I had to FTX. Okay. Oh. Now, because I was taking advantage of uh, low Bitcoin prices, you know, I was saying, okay, look, let me let me buy a lot. Oh. Normally, I'll just you know this year and just leave it there. So, you know, that, that was the most stupid decision I've ever made in my life. You know, and uh, I regret it. You know, and if you look back, there were reasons for that. You know, that were logical. Uh, I was on Binance, and in the UK, uh, Binance started having problems with the FCA. You know, they blocked their accounts. They blocked bank accounts from um, from the UK transacting yeah. with Binance. You know, so I was scared that Binance was going to go down. Right. Um, <clears throat> I I found cracking much later, and uh, what I was just doing on cracking was just okay moving. Uh, things around. I was using Kraken to actually pay money into FTX. You won't believe it. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it was just insane. So, my um, investment savings account, which was tax-free, uh, which was in the bank before, that wasn't generating um, uh, much returns. I moved everything into crypto. <laughs> I had you know, yeah, you know, it, it, it was just devastating. So, you know, there's a big lesson here. You know, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, there there's a popular saying, you know, investment Twitter that uh, uh, millionaires diversify and, and billionaires concentrate. Yeah. No, no, no you, you diversify first before you even concentrate. Make sure you have a backup. You know, I thank God that, okay, yeah, of course I have backups, but... This particular one was was really really bad. You know, I learned about what not to do with crypto in the worst way possible. Yeah, understandable. But no one can blame you for having the wool pulled over your eyes. Billionaires, Sequoia is down with their investment. I think SoftBank was also in there. SBF was able to fool almost everyone, the biggest names in the world. So, so, so the, the funny thing is that I, I don't feel like SoftBank is a good example of um, people that you should <laughs> count as losing. Like someone on Twitter was saying that um, SoftBank might be a non-profit organization. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Masayoshi, oh please have mercy on me. But yeah, like <laughs> it's, um, um, but yeah, sorry, to, sorry to cost it to you. <laughs> To them, this is a rounding error. They exactly. wouldn't even feel it. As I well. think it's this. Uh, the the lesson is this: 
Um, a lot of venture capitalists were not doing due diligence. You know, I saw the uh, Sequoia, the thing that was on the Sequoia page that Sequoia deleted. I was asking myself, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was, oh no. I was disappointed. I do more due diligence for my own um, <laughs> private investments than, than those guys. I, I, I was very, very disappointed. So I think a, a lot of um, bubbles have been burst with this. You know, personally, I think the, the VC industry suffered the biggest hit. You know, uh, yeah, consumers took a hit, but uh, VCs were, were totally stupid. You know, mm-hmm. so I that's, mean, that's uh, what I see in a lot of this. There's there's a lot of things in in that there was the euphoria of the bull markets projects were getting funded left right and center minimum due diligence because no one wanted to miss out there was in fact no one looked at the structure the SBF and his team didn't have a board there was a 28 year old COO straight out of essentially straight out of college I think her first job after being an analyst at one of these banks so the fallout equally messy and. So the question is, who got impacted the most and what is your outlook on the industry for investors, for retail, and for people who are still building? And what do you see the way forward being and the effect on each of these uh, different demographics in the crypto space? Uh, first of all, um, all of those uh, central <laughs> centralized exchanges are, are all in trouble, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Whether yeah. CZ uh, started this whole thing, you know, nobody's going to trust them anymore. No, Custodial, why, why, would I, why would I do it again? I'm not going to make that mistake again. Right. So, so centralized custodial exchanges, as far as I'm concerned, um, are going to be history, you know, very, very quickly. You know, the retail market is going to be impacted because for this, uh, a lot of people in Africa you know, you know, FTX was trying to build a retail market, okay? Yeah. And you, they were going to universities to talk to students, talk to, you know, they, they had a whole uh, roadshow in Ghana recently. The, the crazy thing was that I even spoke at an event that they did two weeks before the thing. You know, it was just madness. Oh, wow. Wait, two weeks before the collapse? Two weeks before they declared bankruptcy, yeah. My goodness. So somebody there actually asked me a question, oh, uh, is crypto safe? Now, I thought maybe this guy was asking about, you know, passwords and all that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have... I never knew uh, that this was going to happen. You know, I was even praising them, oh, look, you know, what these guys, they, they, you know, they wanted regulation. That was the crazy thing. They, they were asking for something. Meanwhile, they were doing the opposite. <laughs> they were not ready for it. <laughs> You're, you're, you're talking about oversight and regulation. Meanwhile, you had no board. You had no oversight. You had nothing. You you didn't even, you know, you know the craziest part? But all of us who thought we had Bitcoin with them did not really have any Bitcoin. Have Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was nothing on the exchange. There was nothing. So, it was all a problem. Um, but this, yeah, that's a good point and something we should dig into. This was essentially criminal because what they did was they were using customer mm-hmm. funds. Um, and then it went further, layering this unholy partnership with Alameda. Essentially, they were bankrolling Alameda with funds from FTX, um, building up the Ponzi scheme, drawing people in. They would invest and they would reinvest. So they took funds from, I think it was Sequoia, and then reinvested into Sequoia. So they were just keeping the Ponzi going <laughs> and lulling everyone to a false sense of security. And any money that was coming in, they were investing. They were looking like the saviors of the cryptoverse, investing in project here. There, who didn't they bail out? Uh, chairman, help me out here. Just Voyager. <laughs> yeah, pretty much um, from Voyager to BlockFi. Um, let me see. They didn't touch uh, those, uh, them, Suzy. They didn't touch Suzy and Co. But yeah. But yeah. It was just a big pack of cards that they kept building until CZ pulled on the string and it all collapsed. So what do you think should happen to SBF? And if you were in front of you, what would you do? My brother, I, I, I think I'll be very, very violent. The guy messed everybody up. You know, I, for my own personally, 
after a week, I think I'm over it. Okay, like you know, it's, I've lost more before, so it's not. You know. Fair enough. So, and it was my own stupidity, so I blame myself, you know, for it basically because the, this was something I shouldn't have done, and I did it. Uh, not your keys, not your coins. Yeah, I thought those guys were uh, extreme, but now I understand why yeah. being extreme works when it comes to crypto. Okay, so uh, you know, for for me. Is the little investors I, I worry about the people, the rich, little retail guys in Africa? They said they were doing more of OTC and B two B than retail. Okay, we were actually trying to help them uh, get more rails to do retail and all of that. So maybe uh, the impact is, is is not that much in Africa. But then again, you know, even you know, even those OTC trades. Imagine an Ibo trader. You know who uh, wants to buy goods and everything had, uh, you know, bought 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 stable coins <laughs> and and the stock there. Then the startups look at um, um, Nesco and four million dollars of Nesco was there. You know that's the one that has spoken out. You don't know the others who have not spoken out. Yeah, um, cheaper cash has been surprisingly silent in all of this. Precisely because they were they invested in them. Yeah, yes, invested in them. Yeah, you know, and I'm the sure thing was, the thing was that when they invest in you, you put something in the exchange essentially. <laughs> so, what were the chances that Chipa ex- escaped that? I don't think very high, but I can't say anything because I don't have any data. Yeah, but well, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm very very sure um, that we will start seeing who, but um, who was impacted, you know, in, in a very very short time. Of course, because you can't if you don't if you don't have money, you don't have money, yeah, and we're no longer in the bull market. You can't really raise money again to cover the hole. No, so mm-hmm. it's 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 going to be very visible soon. So, but it's it's just crazy. So I have um, a question. I, I'm sorry. Okay, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So like, with they say, um, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it rhymes. And given like your gift of um, having seen this movie over and over again are there other times when you've either witnessed by yourself or you've been in a similar situation where um a ponzi or a house of cards just grows and grows and and then comes crumbling down i i mean i reckon i reckon you you know you know how why this is bad eh? talk to me um uh with banking you know i've seen it happen in banking okay I've seen um, regulated uh, entities go down. Okay, wow. I've, I've seen uh, you know it, it's it's actually much more common in banking than you think. Hmm. Now, but the thing is, uh, they get bailed out, and you know, it, 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 they, in Nigeria, people don't realize that uh, there was a bank that uh, the chairman put a two billion dollar hole in. But they were bailed out by by the government and the depositors didn't really really lose their their investments hmm. okay so so but you know amcon amcon took over uh, the the toxic assets so in this case everybody you know has been left high and dry you know no matter forget the bankruptcy proceedings and all the things they're talking about the hole is much much bigger than that eight billion that, that they're saying because there are a whole lot of um, uh, of of other uh, institutions that will fail because of the little thing that they had, you know, in FTX. Hmm. So the impact is, is is going to be much more magnified, and it's, it's transformational in the sense that it's going to change everything about crypto as we know it. Wow! So everybody is still pretending as if uh, um, you know will okay. survive. Everything is okay. No, you don't. You don't get it. It's when the the shock waves you know, start spreading from this, that people will now realize that, okay, look, everything has changed forever. Now, he could have gotten away with it. You know, that that's the one that scares me the most. He could have, he almost got away with it. You know, if um, CZ didn't pull that stunt, we would have all remained fooled for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have propped up his token and, you know, you know, he would have had enough collateral. You know, we would not have known. So 
I'll keep asking myself, so how many others are doing the same scam that we do not know yet? <laughs> Only everybody. Literally everybody. <laughs> because, and that's um, actually a good segue because um, myself and Chairman have long decided for a while that tokens are dead. And this is because people have done exactly what um, SBF have done. What they would do is that they would issue a pre-sale for a token which was pumped up by nothing but hopium traded on the secondary market the people who brought in at pre-sale will dump, but as long as there's enough hype behind it, these coins kept running up, and these coins would be used as backing for loans and other activities. And it's something that um, kept on happening, especially with uh, the emergence of DeFi, different tokens being kept being used as collateral for more loans. So essentially, people were creating leverage with funny money, okay. that magic money that they had created from thin air. And once the um, backing asset, either Bitcoin dropped, the liquidations were en masse. And once the token started getting sold off, bank run in this case, like FTT, the pools uh, would be drained and essentially liquidity goes to zero and the Ponzi unravels. So this is happening in not just FTX. Anyone who has had a token, you've seen it in uh, magic internet money, you've seen it in Snow um, Snow Patrol, what was the name of that? Um, <laughs> Snowbank or Snowbank, yeah. So, so yeah, the unraveling has been happening in many ways, shapes, and forms. The FTTs has just been the biggest because they had just so much capital and so many um, institutions vested in them. So now that the token narrative is looking like it's dead, what is the way forward? Crypto still exists. So the, the way forward in two aspects, your way forward, will you still be looking at the crypto industry and opportunities in there? Or will you be taking a step back <laughs> and just hands off for now? Or are you looking for the next narrative? And if you are, what is that narrative you're seeing? Is it in decentralized systems? Is DeFi still alive? What's your outlook? Okay. Um... If you look at the technology itself, there was nothing wrong with the, with the underlying technology. The problem was with human nature, mm. okay, as with everything. <clears throat> so, and um, can we change human nature? No, we can't change human nature, no matter how we try. You know, this this thing that has happened has been happening for centuries, you know, in different forms. Okay. So, um, what's my future? Yeah. first thing I will never do again is convince anybody to, uh, to to use any crypto product. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought I knew uh, and I now realize I, I, I didn't know anything. Then secondly, uh, uh, this is actually for me as an investor, the... the the crazy thing about what just happened uh, uh, is that I am now really, really worried about uh, 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 entrepreneurs and, um, you know, how, how, the, how they, what's the right term to use? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say how they react to oversight, you know, how they understand um, the, what the, the entire concept is. You know, what, you know, there, this guy, like you said earlier, the guy was just fresh out of school. He didn't um, uh, really know what he was doing. He, he didn't, he, he has no remorse because he, he still doesn't know the impact of what he has done. You know, he felt, okay, look, I was smart and I was able to do this. You know, and he feels that, okay, maybe he should be praised for being smart. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, uh, and there are, there are a lot of people who are that young and who have that mentality. And that, that that's what worries me. Now, we are all criticizing him now, but there are people who are, see him as heroes. In the same way people see our 419 people as heroes. You know, seriously. There are people, there are, there are people who, will, who will wish that they, they did what he did. He did, yes. Like, there was some news that he squirreled out like uh, $300 billion. Somebody said, oh, thank God, at least he got something on Twitter. <laughs> I was looking at him. 
That's your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God he got something. And I was saying, whoa, you know? So he still has admirers. Now, that is very, very worrisome, okay? Now, um, fr- from the investment side, uh, the possibility of this happening in some other form is, is still very, very high, okay? Um, uh, there are some stories we've heard, you know, in Africa recently, not necessarily uh, crypto-related of other startups, uh, you know, how funds have been mismanaged and all of those kind of things. Oh, yes. This has, this sort of like, seems like a trend now, okay? So, um, how do you um, get people to realize that, okay, because people are giving you money, doesn't mean that you should uh, be be careless with it. Now, people, people cannot give what they don't have. You don't know. So, and, you know, they'll keep doing, and they'll keep justifying uh, and rationalizing those actions. So, and that worries me more than anything because it's not, and that's the human nature that's not, that's not changed and that's probably going to get worse. People who want to uh, back uh, innovations, uh, but, you know, what happens? Do you, do you uh, err on the side of too much caution and stifle things or do you allow people to still experiment the way this guy was experimenting? Uh, somebody asked me a question. Okay, look, what if he had succeeded? Would he, would he have not created a lot of value uh, for people? And I, you know, I looked at the the, the nonsense he did Sequoia. You know, he took money from Sequoia and gave money back to Sequoia, exactly the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, and it made me realize that, that in fact that entire industry is corrupt. You know, but you know nobody is calling out that thing. You know, people are writing off. Uh, let, so okay, even look at Sizi. Um, you say no, okay, I, I'm um, I'm dumping uh, FTT, blah blah blah. But nobody is saying he invested at Series A. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he get back? How many multiples did he get back? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he so, got back two point one billion in FTT. And... How much did he put in? That he had made money. Oh yeah, of course. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a big. So he's not made any loss. So a lot of these guys, you know. So this thing, the Ponzi is bigger than FTX. Oh, yeah. The Ponzi, the Ponzi is 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 VCs. The Ponzi is is, is uh, like uh, everybody doing tokens. The Ponzi is uh, people who um, uh, are speculating. Speculation, as far as I'm concerned, is dead. You know, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, derivatives, all of those things. I'm uh, nobody's gonna, you know, I, but. <laughs> Somebody told me, look, um, I'm, uh, uh, that, that means I'm, I'm predicting that humans will change, that people will forget about this thing very quickly and you still see uh, another bull run. I said, okay, well, they may see that, but for me, I'm now going to be looking out for use cases, real use cases. What, let's call a spade a spade. With crypto, what was the problem? problem with crypto is uh, a lot of promises, but no real delivery. You know what I'm saying? Everybody will say, oh, okay, my token, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but nobody ever really reviews what they're saying they're going to do. Look at all the promises, uh, the guy Solana and all, Cello, what they, what they call those guys, you know, oh, you come to Africa, you do this. How many of them have really done all the things they want? They, they're claiming they want to do? None. Okay? Mm. So, I think... What will happen is we will now start having real use cases. But will those use cases not power Ponzi again? I don't know. I think there's a possibility that it will do that again. Uh, uh, so, if you've mentioned something very um, <laughs> topical, and Chairman, I don't know if you want to delve into that, or but go ahead first with your question. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. So, um, direct question now, and I'm going off of. So, there's uh, the. The Economist had, as last week's publication uh, headline, uh, downfall of crypto, or is it crypto's downfall? And I said, I'm going to buy that cop- uh, that edition and frame it. Uh, but the, the deeper question, and this is this is a straight up direct question to you, Big Chief, is crypto dead? Crypto is not dead, but it's in a coma. 
Okay, All it takes to kill crypto because, like I said, centralized exchanges are all in trouble. Okay, uh, uh, and if those guys, you know, this guy was signing on, uh, well, this they've already signed on Ronaldo. The Ronaldo was issued NFTs, and I was like, these guys are they brain dead or something? <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo was shooting NF- NFTs like just th- th- this week. So, mm-hmm. so, um, it, all of the shilling, all of those things that people were doing, people are still trying to do those things. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at them, and I'm so all of that opportunism, okay, um, uh, will, will be tempered down. You know, there, there was a graph I saw which was totally insane. Um, um, people were there. Are people are now searching more for Bitcoin than crypto as a whole. Oh, okay? yeah, I saw that. I saw that graph. It's Google Trends, and I was saying, oh, okay, Google search trends. So, um, it, it's all bullish for Bitcoin. Hmm. Okay, you know, um, you know, all of those speculative assets uh, in the past. Things just. Bitcoin was the first and the beginning of all of this nonsense, okay? Mm. Now, things just went out of hand. Mm. People looked at this technology and said, okay, look, you know what, we can do good things with it. And everybody started doing their own thing. And um, no over... I keep using this term again, no oversight, no regulation. Now, but those things, oversight and regulation, are they good or are they bad? Mm. I, I used to be very vehemently against them. Okay, um, but from what I have seen now with FTX, I think I now understand yeah, chief for a uh, why why they are necessary. But I, but I think those things also have to evolve too as well to actually understand what they are dealing with. Right now, uh, I I like I said I I think you know this crypto is in a coma, uh, but it, let's call it speed a speed even Bitcoin. Uh, the use cases for Bitcoin are not really that prominent yet. We don't really have enough use cases for Bitcoin, okay? Fair enough. So, for a technology that has been around uh, for over 10 years, uh, we seem not to have done much with it yet. And, and it has a whole lot of, you know, problems when it comes to energy usage and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I think um, everything is going to uh, be, be tempered down until we, we find something that makes crypto a whole lot more relevant again. Uh, speculation was not the was not the best use case. So and uh, we have we have all paid so the it, price. I, now for, I then for that. I then press press further right and ask, what do you think the next Phase of what generates excitement with crypto? What do you think that looks like? It it is to, to have to be um, real life use cases. You know things that you know things that are really really transformational. You know somebody now announces that oh look okay I, um, they use this to do this. You know, because it's not all of these um, ridiculous scenarios people keep talking about. You know I, somebody will come and talk tell me about one. Uh, small community that they did this and they did that and you know El Salvador is making all the noise that they are making and I'm not seeing anything you know <laughs> the El Salvador thing as far as I'm concerned is just hype you know yeah, yeah. Um, it hasn't it, it hasn't transformed them the world is the way the world is you know that's that's you know the reality is there uh, Russia with all of these uh, crisis and everything Bitcoin didn't save them okay mm. so at the end of the day uh, uh, all, all of the all of the things that we we said uh, Bitcoin was going to solve, Bitcoin did not solve it. Uh, we we felt it was an uncorrelated hedge, but at the end of the day, um, a lot of hedge funds now came into. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. We, it is decentralized huh? and permissionless. Uh, so that means even the guys playing in the in the fiat space would also come in. You know. To, to to play there too as well. So there was now a whole lot more correlation than than we had expected. Initially it was uncorrelated. But all of a sudden now every the markets Everything are all correlated. Is fully correlated, yeah. Hundred percent. So 
so so so so that correlation is actually now the risk you know the, the same speculators who are who, who were in fiat have come you know look at this guy this fts guy what was he, he was a quant <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Jane Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's but all you know, this crazy stuff he learned from fiat that he came to do doing crypto. Fresh out, fresh out, fresh out. Ah, wow. Okay, so for you, what do you think a game changer looks like on on the African continent, like in the African context? Because if if we if we were to keep it honest most people um from our side of the world are for want of a better expression motivated by the speculation um and that's evidenced okay. by yeah you go I, I, I'll, I'll counter that because like um i think we had a lot more use cases okay people like uh, um yellow card and the rest were actually powering people who were doing cross-border trade they're still not not where they're still powering a lot of people who do cross-border trade now uh the 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 problem in africa with regulation is that uh it's decades behind technology so it becomes uh, it, rather than protecting people it becomes a, a, a stumbling block a trader wants to trade wants to um trade with somebody in another african country or let's say the Francophone guy is here. I'm, I'm in Togo right now as I'm talking to you. In Togo, you can have a dumb account. You know, a friend of mine came here and was, was trying to spend dollars in the hotel and I told her, no, sorry, it's not possible. So she had to, you know, like go to the black market, try to change it, you know. And um, uh, I told her, look, you know, that you, know that you can actually use your card. She didn't realize that her cards will work. So when she used wow. her cards, now whoa! in Nigeria, those cards don't work, <laughs> you know. So when she could use her card, she could. So now, uh, for in Africa, that trade is still is still a problem. Uh, Cross border trade, you know, regional uh, money transfer, still it's still a nightmare. Okay, I, I was buying a domain from somebody. I paid uh, was it about thousand dollars or something, uh, in South Africa, and the easiest way for me to do that transaction. Uh, was USDC. Wow. You, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. There are people who still who still do that. No. They, they, that's why I say a whole lot of those P2P transactions, I was telling somebody, look, those P2P P things are not people who are speculating. They are people who, who really need to to trade. Mm. Do you get? So, I, I, by trade, I don't mean trading crypto. Mm. They are trading in real-world assets, but they are exchanging value using crypto. So that okay. that is there, okay. So what I think uh, may happen is, at the end of the day, um, you see that mechanism in the background powering things uh, that people don't necessarily. You know, people may not you know they won't touch crypto in Africa, but they will be doing. You know, the kind of technology I see that sh that's going to come, you know, in Africa that will make sense is that okay. Look, I want to I want to move value from uh, point A to point B. I don't care how it's done. So you, if you like, use crypto to do it at the background. That's your headache. Do you get what I'm saying? So, which is, I think, what Ch Ch Cash and the others were trying to do. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's going to um, happen. That's going to uh, keep being there. You know, uh, the Lightning Network is live, is real. So BitNob and the rest are, 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 are pushing it in Africa. So... Uh, uh, in fact, the Lightning Network is actually the biggest threat to uh, things like VisaNet and the Mastercard Network and all of that. So, uh, and I, I'm I'm very sure that all of those guys are going to hop on it too as well. So it's going to be an infrastructure play. Let let me uh, just shut in uh, what I was trying to say. Crypto will become infrastructure, hmm. particularly in Africa. So all of those. Uh, Speculative things and those things are just going to uh, drop off, going to the background. Yeah. So it, 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 it's 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 infrastructure. It works for for a lot of the use cases that we have, and I, I believe a lot more people will use it just purely as infrastructure and nothing else. Uh, uh, people use it to store value to protect themselves against devaluation, the same way uh, uh, Nescon and the rest did, and they paid for it because. <sighs> 
Okay, take that. What if I kept asking myself, okay, what if they had self-custody that money? Uh, would it have made no, but they were looking for eight percent yield. So um all of those yield games, all of those things are as far as I'm concerned. Uh, DeFi is gonna you asked a bad question about DeFi. Yeah. I had so much hope in DeFi. Why this they had and not have? Oh man, I don't know. Because like um who who can you trust again? Is it uh, so? Is it gonna? Are you gonna do DeFi um, uh, based only on Bitcoin? No. So, so the I think DeFi's biggest uh, how do you say the biggest hurdle to DeFi is is that it doesn't have a single haha centralized um, advocate for it, and here's why: um, June twenty twenty one. Everything crashed. Ave, no problem. Compound, no problem. Um, Yearn, no problem. Um, January this year, well, the entirety of this year happened. June, same thing. The lunar crash, um, the FTX crash, zero problem with Ave. Like, zero mm-hmm. problem. Zero problem with compound. Zero problem with yearn. Um, curve as well, all functioning optimally. They've been. That's as infrastructure. They are functioning as infrastructure, but not the, the players. In the- <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yes, most definitely. But I, I'm saying that, like, in the midst of um, high, uh, how do you say, high volatility events, um, in the midst of, for want of a better expression, black swan. They've mm-hmm. been robust to problems, essentially, right? Like, okay, so as an example, Luna crashed, um, Voyager crashed as well, and the, a constellation of all those other things, but nothing happened to Abby. The And these, the ones I've outlined are the, for want of a better expression, the big angels of what DeFi actually is. So, Say for instance, um, Nestcoin had four million dollars, um, converted it to USDC, self-custodied it, custodied it in their cold wallet, connected it to Ave, and um, were running yield on it. Right? They probably wouldn't have been getting the eight percent a year that um, Sam lured them in, but they most certainly would, would not have been affected by this i don't know if i'm making sense so like yeah, what, you make a lot of sense yeah, yeah. So, so so like what is at the heart of actual DeFi? it's very boring it's very very unattractive but it's not it's not how do you say it's robust to it's robust to black swan events and unless you act or unless the smart contract you're involved with gets you're good and so far for the entire existence of Avi, I know it's not—it's not a very long time. I've not heard of a hack with Avi. I've not heard of a hack with um, Compound. I've not heard of a hack with Yearn. So, like these, and it's funny because this is the perfect example of an advertisement for Avi to come forward and say, "Well, you guys should have listened to us. Your keys, your coins, and this is what you'd have earned in that time, as opposed to losing everything." So, yeah, that—that's my. That's my take on that. Okay, I thought it was just uh, my signal being bad. We might have lost uh, uh, German really quick, but give him a second. But carrying on from what he said, um, are they, yeah, the big ones, they are essentially core to what decentralized finance is. They're run by stake Ethereum nodes, and the only risks you would have would be, I guess, liquidity risk or the risk of hacking. And that you can probably cover your back by getting insurance. And so far, as Chairman said, during the crashes, they have stayed safe because they operate a decentralized protocol that works on actual locked liquidity. You can store your coins on cold storage and use it on their platform. And literally, it's backed one-to-one. So what you have, it's an over-collateralized loan. So you can get a percentage loan based on what you deposit. And that amount, same with banks, do they lend it out to people to speculate? So the yield also goes up and down based on how many people are 
speculating on how much demand there is. So they don't uh, promise you those steady returns. It's based on how much activity there is in the market. And that's almost like the natural regulation of it, and which is why they have stayed um, safe. There is still the risk of bad actors. There's the risk of hacking. But so far, these platforms have stood the test of time. And I think they still will. As you said, the speculation will move from the people who have made their own tokens from thin air and will move to those collateralized stable coins, USDC, USDT, um, on, until the next <laughs> until the next Ponzi <laughs> rolls around. Mm. Because the thing you said about human nature is that it's hard to change. Even with DeFi, there are people who, again, once they see the opportunity, okay, it's a decentralized platform. I can create this token. You can stake it on here, get this amount of yield, borrow against it, and essentially layer on creating leverage for yourself. So that's when the human risk factor comes into play. You say, okay, I can do this. Then I can take this money, move it to another blockchain or another platform, loan it out there because it has a better risk, and then you increase your risk factor. So it's when people get greedy that these things start seeping in. And then someone's like, why don't I just build a whole platform that does this and allows people to leverage 100x? And that's how we ended up where we are now. The run-up in the Bitcoin price was because of leverage, and so was the dramatic drop. So it's, again, back to the human nature and trying to control for that. Okay, so yeah, the question of human nature, how do we tame it? Because we have multiple problems. There's the problem of greed. There's a problem of looking for leaders in the space because it's new, it's fresh. There's almost no guiding principles. The lack of regulation leaves almost everyone wandering in the wilderness. So when someone emerges as a shepherd, a CZ, an SBF, we're quick to say, ah, these ones, they know the way, make we follow. And then you have the wrong leaders, things like this happen. We've seen it in Olympus DAO, which collapsed. We saw it in Magic Internet Money, which uh, was Danny's project, it collapsed. We saw it in FTX, which collapsed. These things, they build big, the leaders are loud. And then at the end of the day, the whole thing collapses. Is there a problem of leadership? Should we look for different leaders? Should we look for leaders at all? But if we don't look for them, how do we navigate the space? Who is the guide? Where do we find a guide in the system whose number one selling point is there are no guides? No, I think um, we basically, so uh, these were projects that people just contributed to for the good of mankind and they did it. And, and, and those things uh, are things that others improved upon to build um, uh, uh, their products. So there's a there's a book called WTF: Why the Future uh, by uh, uh, Tim O'Reilly. I, I highly recommend it for people to read it. Now, no, he, he he traced this history, and he, he was also looking at the future. We've we've gone through this thing before, you know, with regular software. Okay. Now, this is why the whole Web three thing was just annoying me because, at the end of the day, um, what the web was, it was open and collaborative. And um, Web 2.0 that was built on top of the original web uh, was like monetizing that open and collaborative web. Then Web 3.0, <laughs> that uh, the so-called Web 3.0, it became even worse. <laughs> you, know, you know, compounded the worst yeah. parts of nature, you know. <laughs> The guys who were 2.0 were, pre were pretending as if they were trying to save the world, but you know, uh, doing advertising and making money from advertisers. But the Web 3.0 guys were just powered no, by people. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, they until we go back again to what the foundations of the web were, you know, you know how did this thing that we, we are all using now, how did it even come about? Look at the DNS. The structure, of the, data, the structure of the internet as a whole. The fact that we can do this now, huh? uh, doesn't, there's nobody um, <laughs> ruling the internet. Be all of us are, you know, everybody has a node because it's in our own interest to have that node. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, everybody realizes that this, this infrastructure called the internet is for our benefit. Even though some governments try to prevent their citizens, but at the end of the day, ultimately they realize that you know there's real value in it. I think that's what's going to happen to crypto eventually too, as well. You know, we're going to have a, a, 
a, a moment where we now realize that this thing is in our own interest um, to make work properly. You know, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's infrastructure like the internet. This is, you know, for want of a better term, the internet of money. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's going to change um, uh, the, the movement of value as we know it. It's going to uh, affect economics if it's done properly. Uh, there, there, there have been a lot of false steps, a lot of missteps, because people forgot the original. Uh, you know, like the, the whole concept of DAOs and all of that. You know, I, I there, there's a um, project called Swam Swam Fund. That was the very first DAO I saw many years ago, before people started talking about DAOs. I was looking at what they, were, they call them decentralized. They call them uh-huh. So, so, and I was, I was looking at, whoa, this, this makes sense. So governance, okay, um, is a problem. So we, we have a governance problem. Uh-huh. And uh, that governance problem is, you know, is in the way we run cooperatives in Africa, is the way, you know, we run governments, okay? The human governance problem is, is something that uh, will be solved iteratively. You know, people will make mistakes. People will come back, come back from it. Come back from it. People will make mistakes again. People will come back. The only problem I have with humans is that um, we forget things very, very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, <laughs> we forget. We forget pandemics. We forget Ponzi's. We forget. So that's why it's easy for things to repeat itself. So uh, I, I just hope that we don't forget this thing, this lesson that we've all learned now, and you know, it doesn't repeat itself again. Ah, we can only hope because the devastation, it was extremely bad. There were people who literally lost life savings um, and they see no way out. So it's bottom barrel for a lot of people. And at this time in the market, the best thing you can do, especially if you've lost a lot of money, is to remember that it's not the end. Go out if you have a support system, in your case, uh, family, you know, talk to them. Let them know what's going on. Let them help you get back on your feet. So one other question, though, um, Big Chief, I'll have for you is, in spite of all the uh, chaos going on, people are still in the market. Speculators might be dying. Um, Volumes have dropped off on NFTs, but they are still, you know, being used and not in just the form of JPEGs. Um, They are essentially blockchain representation of ownership and how do you see that space the nft space evolving and their use case particularly in africa if any no like i said you know use cases were always amazing people people forget something um you know something like ussd ussd was there for 20 years before it became mainstream for payments in africa you know nobody you know uh uh at the time they built USSD, uh, uh, realized that it could be used for payments, okay? Now, NFTs could be used for something totally different that we did not expect. So it's left for people to find those use cases and now realize that, okay, look, this technology can actually be used for that. Initially, I thought maybe um, for us to actually bring in uh, 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 real-world collateral it, uh, in, into the digital space. Maybe that was going to be a use case, but I don't even know anymore. Because I, right now, uh, like I said, I'm just uh, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate of anything again. I'm just I, I'm just uh, watching. You know, it, 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 it's scary. It's really really scary. Yeah? It is. It's, it's scary because um, it will repeat itself. You know, in another eighteen months, we'll hear of another case again. Ah. Uh. I wouldn't doubt it, but I am not in disagreement with what you said about real world assets, because the whole point is to create an immutable blockchain proof of like essentially digital proof that you own X, Y, Z, that you can point to the blockchain and say, hey, this is mine. And it has a reflection in the real world. That would be an amazing use case. And it's what a lot of people are trying to do currently. There are many issues with that, obviously, depending on um, where you find yourself in the world, the regulations, and then there's the human factor again, honesty, who has these rights? What are the 
you know, documents backing them. The COO is the original, the land in dispute. Someone will say, I have the COO in five years. They will say, no, this is my father's land. So especially in Africa, those kinds of things do happen and are challenges that people who are building in that space um, have mentioned to me. So there's still a long way to go. And I personally haven't seen any iteration of that which uh, is functioning in Africa. There are some in Dubai. Um, there's a project where they fractionalize uh, real estate. So apartments, you own bits and pieces of them and you buy them as NFTs. And if someone rents the apartment, the amount you get is um, automatically remunerated to your wallet every month. Uh, I don't know how that project is doing, but that was one use case. And in Dubai, they seem to be at least a bit more crypto friendly. So I'm hoping that project still has legs. Things like that, I think, um, might have use case in Africa uh, going down the line. But uh, again, with that human factor, so <laughs> so volatile, especially in Africa, it's reflected in everything, as you said, from cooperatives to government to regulators, police force. So I don't know. You need a solid real world before you can then transpose that onto a digital system and then have... I can have, I have, a, I can have a contrarian view of that. Uh, if, 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 you know, you know, this is the thing. If you look at um, what happened during the pandemic, uh, when we did not have a choice, everybody started using Zoom. In fact, you know, my, my there's a story I always tell people. Um, I, I'm on a, one of the uh, board, subsidiary boards of ARM. So in those days, when we, when we do board meetings, I will be the only one calling in remotely. You know, I was feeling bad, you know, about it. But when the pandemic started, everybody, including our 85-year-old chairman, was now on Zoom. <laughs> because we did not have a choice. That was the, mm. those were the only things that were available, okay? Now, um, it, it, it will take, it may take another, uh, we're not praying for another global crisis, okay? Uh, it, it may take some other form of discontinuity for us to now realize that, okay, look, this crypto thing, this NFT thing, this thing makes sense, okay? So uh, there is that possibility too as well. You know, uh, we, are, we are looking at it now from the point of view, okay, um, you know, it can, the, the change can be gradual, but the change can also be disruptive. Cannot, the, these technologies, we know that they're now, okay? Now, it's, 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 uh, there are two things that uh, can spark uh, major adoption. It's either the world fundamentally changes, okay? And uh, funny enough, this was the talk I gave at the FTX event uh, uh, before the crash, uh, you know, I, I mapped out um, what I think the future of the world is going to be like, hmm? and what I think the future of crypto is going to be like, and and I try to marry both of them. Okay, mm -hmm. and um, if you if you look at you know the geopolitical changes that are happening in the world, nobody look at this Ukraine war. Nobody planned for it. It was sudden and disrupted a whole lot of things. I, I foresee. Um, a lot more geopolitical turmoil in the world, okay? Mm. And and um, one cannot predict what was going to happen, you know? So uh, human beings uh, are better off, you know, um, owning <laughs> their own digital assets, you know, not the kind of nonsense we did with FTX, you know, because you're caught to me uh, you know, one day that, okay, look, if that, that this was where I could store money that was free from any government, of any disruptions, it, 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 the pound crashed. I lost a lot of money when the pound crashed. Um, Naira crashed. Thank God I had moved money out of. Now, what if the US dollar crashes? <laughs> do, uh -huh. do you uh -huh. <laughs> so uh -huh. that's, that's also reality. So, um, it, which was the original intent of crypto, okay? And I, and I think that, that that possibility is still there because um, the, there are a lot of things that are happening in the world now that makes me feel that, look, you know, humans haven't learned a whole lot of lessons. You, the Ukraine war, for instance, was just uh, a perfect example. Yeah, uh, you, know, you just wake up one day and invade a country and start killing people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that, that can still happen. Uh, and... Pandemics can still happen again. A whole lot of things, that, you know, can happen. So, 
I, I have not lost faith totally yet. You know, I'm just still looking out for those use cases, and I feel feel that um, uh, if, if, we, if we understand what we have, the, the value of what we have, we'll use it better. So there is still a glimmer of optimism. There is still hope, despite how we came into this yes. podcast. There is still uh, some you know, hope sparkling in the eyes. I, I'm, now, this is my uh, thinking. Bright. It's not uh, faith in just crypto. It's faith in technology as a whole. Um, I have faith, not just in crypto, but in technology as a whole, uh, in, in saving the world from itself. So... <laughs> So that's 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 my that's my. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that there's still hope, and I'm glad to hear that you haven't given up on us yet. You haven't given up on technology just yet. You haven't given up on Africans and technology just yet. So to round up, to the people, the the hopeful, those who are still in the space building, what should they be doing right now in a macro perspective? Just with the downturn of the industry, the impact, the shockwaves to come, how do they brace themselves and how do they keep their heads above water, keep liquid and keep surviving till these innovations, these breakthroughs are found? Because we need people to still keep working on them. Yeah, um, like I told the guys at uh, Kala uh, recently, uh, at the end of the day, you need to understand how the world works before you can uh, actually solve the world's problems. Uh, a lot of um, the problems we have you know, with crypto is that we, we isolated ourselves. You know, we created this whole bubble that we exist inside. And, you know, uh, a, a, a lot of uh, it was, a lot of what we were doing was not applicable to, to real, the real world. Now, but I also still used crypto to, to pay for stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I bought things. I've transacted with people uh, uh, using crypto when, there was no other way to do it. How would I pay somebody in Zimbabwe money? The only way I could give the guy money was, was, was crypto. How do I give money to my brother in Zambia? The only way I could do it was, was crypto. So um, it, that, that is the reality in Africa. So and like I said earlier, um, we do not need to um, expose that part to, to the customers. There are things that we, we can build. This is where, the way I look at it. There are things that exist already in real life that um, the engine can be made better with crypto. Mm-hmm. We should start looking for those things. Well, you heard it here from Big Chief himself. The world can still be made better, and it can be made better with the Web3. So if you're building the space, don't give up hope. <laughs> the brighter future awaits. We just need to work uh, through these little kinks. Keep your head up survive and build big chief thank you so much for joining us today an absolute pleasure having you with us thank thanks so much you know my guys thanks if despite of all the hiccups and technology challenges you know we pulled through that we did you have an amazing evening and a lovely weekend go out touch some grass and we will catch you on the flip side thanks a lot so chairman has vanished totally or is he still there he is, but his uh, voice is just not uh, <laughs> reflecting. <laughs> so I'll let him know on the chat that we are done. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right, my man. You have a great evening. We'll speak more about intra-Africa trade just because that's uh, where I operate. I'm with uh, Afrexim at the moment. Yes, yes. You told me about it. <laughs> and so we're trying to work on literally that. So the people in our Pan-African payments and settlement system are working on essentially a platform that streamlines this intra-Africa trade. Um, and allows vendors, customers, pay in local currency, receive in local currency. So I'll pay Nara, the person receives SEDI or whatever. So it's still in development, but yeah, one of the avenues we're pursuing. No, it would be great if Afrexim and, uh, uh, and others actually champion. I think what should, this is, sorry, I'm, we're digressing again. Uh, what I think Afrexim should have done is uh, uh, put money down for innovators to actually look for those solutions rather than backing one particular scheme like the the PAPSS whatever they call it I was looking at it and I was saying you know what this thing could have been better so um, rather than than do one thing uh, I think uh, the way to go is do many things and find out which which works best so anyway well uh, good luck to, to <laughs> thanks uh, well you know it's a trade finance bank so. I- I know. <laughs> like, in that regard, it's essentially VC work. So, 
not used to it. But they're trying. There's also the Fund for Export Development. Uh, I think they're raising a 25M or so or 50 to back essentially SMEs in the innovative space. So people who will be looking for these solutions, facilitating cross-border trade ETC. So let's see how that works. Yeah, uh, well, I'm very, very bullish in Africa. So I, I pray those, all those things work because uh, we are so far enough. Same, yeah. All right, we'll attack. We have another thing we're working on. We'll let you know as we uh, uh, churn, the, <laughs> churn the butter, so to speak. All right. <laughs> All right, Big Chief. Have an amazing weekend. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye.